You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Wednesday, October 9th. I'm Donald Ware. Of course, today I'm going to give you my top five players at the midway point. But before that, a couple of news and notes from the MEAC Coaches Media Call on Tuesday. South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh spoke. Uh, big win for South Carolina State that had been off, or the Bulldogs had been off for two weeks, defeated Delaware State 38-24. to That game was in Dover, and uh, uh, Coach Pugh said he was surprised at the, you know, sort of surprised at the way that uh, Tyree Nick, the quarterback, played in, in a good way. He threw five touchdown passes in the ball game. You know, Nick is more, uh, has been known as more of a running quarterback, but he's, you know, he's definitely uh, shown that he can pass the football, especially this year. And so Buddy Pugh pleasantly surprised. He was, um, he was, uh, he liked the way that his team played considering having been off for two weeks. And uh, South Carolina State is definitely going to be a team to contend with. It's the reason that Buddy Pugh came back. And by the way, Buddy Pugh right now tied for the most wins in South Carolina State history and tied with the great Willie Jeffries, tied with the great Willie Jeffries. So, of course, um, Buddy Pugh looking to break the record on Saturday. Um, Also, Trey Oliver had a chance uh, to hear Trey Oliver, the head football coach at North Carolina Central, um, he said that he, you know, the team played solid, um, had an opportunity or had its opportunities to um, to beat Florida A&M in Tallahassee uh, on homecoming in, in, in at Florida A&M. And uh, it was a couple of third down conversions on the last drive where it was third down and North Carolina Central got offsides penalties. So it extended the play. He said that's not necessarily the reason that the Eagles lost the football game, but you never know because you never know how third down conversions may go. Maybe even without the penalties by the Eagles, Florida and may have gotten the third down conversion. Maybe not, but you don't give yourself a chance. He said, if you get uh, penalties, uh, particularly on third down. So that's something he wasn't happy with. He's happy with the way that his freshman quarterback is playing, how he's growing. And of course, there's still a lot of ball left, but I think that with respect to the MEAC, uh, one loss may not win it this year. I mean, I mean, North Carolina A&T is so tough, um, and Florida A&M is playing very well right now. So, um, you know, that's going to be a good game uh, two, in two weeks in Tallahassee. That's going to be a very good football game. Also, Sam Washington, heard, heard from him on the conference call. He mentioned the fact that he wasn't happy right now with where the Aggies' pass defense is. Obviously, he's happy with the way that Jamaine Martin is running. He says the pass offense also needs to be better, but he gives a lot of credit 
to the offensive line and the way that the offensive line is playing, and that is that is correct. The offensive line is playing unbelievable. Jamaine Martin has had a lot of opportunities to really run the ball and run the ball successfully. So that's, you know, you're kind of in and out. I'm, I'm, I was doing some other things, um, so I didn't really have a chance to be on the conference call early like I wanted to, but those were some of the thoughts from Buddy Pugh, Trey Oliver, and Sam Washington from the MEAC coaches call on yesterday. So now it is time for my top five players at the midway point. At number five, Emmanuel Wilson of Johnson C. Smith, the running back. He's doing a phenomenal job at running back. You're talking about a guy that has rushed for over 100 yards in the last four games for Johnson C. Smith. As a matter of fact, when he was named the Boxer Row National Player of the Week after the game against Benedict, he had rushed for 265 yards and three touchdowns on just 12 carries. And, you know, you said, okay, well, can he sustain this? Well, for the last two games, he's been able to sustain it. He's played well. Johnson C. Smith, not in bad position. Uh, two and three on the season, one and one in MEAC, in, in, excuse me, in CIAA play with the Southern Division still remaining. So you're looking at Johnson C. Smith really having an opportunity. I mean, if they went out like most teams in the Southern Division right now, you went out, you win the CIAA South. So we'll definitely see how that plays out. At number four, I have Akil Glass, the quarterback for Alabama A&M. Wow, he's having a phenomenal season. 1,837 yards. He leads the SWAC in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Got 18 passing touchdowns in six games. 18 passing touchdowns in six games. He's completing 67% of his passes. He's had three games or four games in which he's thrown for over 300 yards. He had a magnificent game against Texas Southern, 377 yards passing four touchdowns and no interceptions. At number three, I have Prairie View A&M running back Dewanya Tucker. Wow. I mean, you know, as I've mentioned uh, on these podcasts a couple of times, Tucker really felt like he had something to, not necessarily something to prove. He, he, he had a, a really good season last year. He ran for over 1,000 yards. It's just that with Tucker, he started the season out very fast. And then, um, I'm not he didn't fade, but, you know, it wasn't as productive as how he started the season out last year. Uh, neither was Prairie View A&M as a team. And plus, when you have Taylor Porter and Deshaun Waller and what those running backs did in the SWAC, there was no room for Dewanya Tucker on the first team. So all he's done so far this year, 81 carries, 662 yards. He's got seven rushing touchdowns on the season. You know, he's averaging 8.2 yards per carry, which leads the SWAC. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely getting it done. I think Jordan Bentley is maybe a little less than 100 yards behind him, the quarterback or the running back, excuse me, at Alabama A&M. But Dewanya Tucker is getting it done. Um, Prairie View A&M's offense doing well. And Dewanya Tucker, a big part of that. I had him at number three. So tied for number one. All right. I couldn't decide between these two players. So and and they were equal, and I think you'll agree with me once I lay out the case. And if you don't, that's fine. I, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast, um, if you have any thoughts, 
hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can also hit me uh, in my personal Twitter account, at D-Ware1. So tied for number one, Chris Rowland of Tennessee State, wide receiver and return specialist. And, I mean, he's been the offensive star of the OBC. He leads all of FCS in all-purpose yards per game, 206.8 yards per game in receptions with 56 in receiving yards with 875. Uh, he also is averaging 15.6 yards per reception, has five touchdown receptions. He's also lined up in the backfield um, from time to time, 108 yards rushing, 7.7 yards per carry, and has scored a touchdown. Uh, he also has returned five punch for 83 yards, uh, and is averaging 35 yards per kick return with one touchdown. So Chris Rowland is really getting it done. Tennessee State's offense is very, very good. The defense uh, has a lot to be uh, left. To, it, it just it, They're not getting it done defensively. That's the bottom line with the Tigers. But offensively, they're a juggernaut. And a lot of that has to do with Chris Rowland, but not only offensively, but in the uh, kicking game or special teams as well. And then also tied for number one, uh, North Carolina A&T running back, Jamaine Martin. Um, if you saw Jamaine Martin play last year, you knew um, that he could play. Um, you know, he had a, he was sharing time with Marquell Cartwright, who rushed for over 1,000 yards um, last year. Um, you're, you're talking about a young man in Cartwright that's leading FCS in rushing yards per game, 1484 um, he's second amongst HBCU running running backs. Wilson's number one, by the way, with 749 yards. Cartwright has 742 yards, and that's through five games. He's also rushed for 11 touchdowns on the season against Duke. He he had a 66-yard touchdown run um, against Charleston Southern. He had touchdown runs of 84 and 76 yards. Um, he had four rushing touchdowns against Delaware State. And against Norfolk State, he had a 67-yard touchdown run. Also had three rushing touchdowns total um, against Norfolk State. And uh, you know, he to me, he's a he's 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 a mix between Cartwright and Tariq Cohen. Um, he 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 he. I don't think he's as fast as Tariq Cohen, but he's very fast. And with Cartwright, Cartwright would just he would take on the punishment. Cartwright was a three three yards or four yards in a cloud of dust type of guy. And um, not so much with Cartwright, but the other thing, I mean, with uh, with Martin, but the other thing about Cartwright is that he would run, he would try to run through you and run over you. And and uh, Jermaine Martin is definitely not afraid of contact. Had 299 yards rushing, rushing against Charleston Southern, had 199 yards rushing against Norfolk State. Uh, he's looking to become... Uh, the uh, another thousand yard back and A&T has had 1000 yard rushers ever since 2013 when Tariq Cohen did it in his first season at North Carolina A&T. So that's my top five players at the midway point here. You agree, disagree. Uh, maybe we left someone off. You think should be on the list. That's fine. Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. On the Thursday edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, we're going to take a look at week seven, uh, the schedule for week seven of the HBCU football season. And, of course, it begins, week seven begins on tomorrow as Florida A&M 
uh, as uh, North Carolina Central and Bethune-Cookman get together. Thursday Night Football, ESPN. Talk with you tomorrow. I said it.